A character planted in the audience that you'd never expect to be on the payroll. And when she plays her big scene, she creates more heat than you could ever imagine. Now here's the secret. She's a stunt granny. I don't know if we're counting these as a numbering scheme or not, but uh, it's me and Kevin this time around. We're doing a special show, um, Devoid of Wrestling. If we get into it, fine. If not, but since it's the big movie um, and it actually made more money than its predecessors, we're going to talk about The Hobbit. Uh, yeah, the movie, not the book. So, Well, I'll talk about the book. Uh, good, because I've never read it, so you can help me maybe – Maybe help me better understand this movie. So, uh, not understand, but understand some of the f- the multitude of faults with it. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, wanna... I think that won't be a problem. Yeah. So, um, this movie, it seemed like it was a four or five hour, five hours in length, man. I think I texted you. I texted you as soon as we got out, and I said. Oh my God! It's finally. I, I think. We, what did I? What the hell did I say? Yeah, it's finally over. Jesus Christ! The running time on this thing is a monstrosity. And yeah, that was the one thing that was kind of funny about that. Like, I agree that it was too long, and that it should not. Yeah, it just should not have been that long. <clears throat> but for some reason. I got through it without feeling like I'd been there for three hours. The only thing, and maybe it's just because I was more worried because I knew as soon as the movie started that I needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> because we got there, um, we got there an hour before the show started. We're like, okay, when we because we went to see the Avengers uh, earlier this summer, same uh, same theater. Um, it was a packed house Sunday morning at uh, 1025 or whatever similar time the Avengers was playing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're like, oh, we need to get there really early. <laughs> we get there an hour ahead of time and there was all kinds of seating. Yeah, we, I went to an 11 o'clock show for the, uh, well, you went to IMAX, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Well, and it, that was kind of weird. Like it was IMAX, but they seemed to actually shrink the screen up a little bit after the commercials were over. At the beginning, like when the movie actually started, it was only by maybe a couple of feet. I would have bitched like crazy. Like I paid for an IMAX movie, fuckers, <laughs> not for a, a regular screen, not for a regular showing on the IMAX screen. It, it was still larger than a regular movie screen. But um, um, yeah, I was. We got there really early, and then we didn't need to. Yeah. And she went to the bathroom. I'm like, nah, I don't really feel like it. But then, like ten minutes later, the movie starts. I'm like, ah, Jesus, this is not good. And I don't know if that helped occupy my mind. 
Well, see, I, I, I noticed didn't... the time because it was, like I said, it 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 was too long. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's start at the beginning of this. Part of the problem is that it's a long movie. For me, the big part was. Well, we got there early because we did the same thing you did, but it we saw it in the Regal's RPX because it was the only one that show, that showed the 48 frames a second okay. uh, version around here, and I really wanted to see that because that's how it was intended to be seen. Um, we'll get into that later. <laughs> but So we get there at 10.30 for an 11 o'clock show, no problem getting a seat. Uh, it filled up later. Um, and then, you know, they just deluge you. I can't say that word for some reason today. But anyways, there's a whole lot of commercials before the movie starts. So right off the bat, you've got 20, 30 minutes of previews for TV shows. It does your phone dream when you shut it off. Um, oh, so, really? I only got just a shit ton of previews. Well, what's, what theater chain did you use? AMC. Okay, so we have we have Regal, so... And Carm, no, we don't have Carmike. Well, Regal's basically buying everyone around here, so it doesn't matter. No, but so you get a lot of variety. But no, they always show like the first look, and it's like twenty minutes of shit for stuff you're not interested in. <laughs> in, be- in between each segment, they show a preview for another movie, and then they do the roller coaster with the the candy popcorn and sodas flying through space. <laughs> like, all right, cool. And I, and you understand that there's previews. Right. There were 20 minutes of previews. Yeah. Actually, at one point, they, it says on the screen, put on your 3D glasses. All right, cool. Put them on. They showed more commercials than 3D. I was like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> five minutes of commercials. Then it starts the previews. They're like, oh, cool. And then it breaks in with a commercial for RPX. It's the best picture you've ever heard. Oh, because they've got an amazing sound system in these things. It's it's uncompressed. It. I'll get into it a little bit later when we go into the actual movie. Um, it it is an incredible sound. They're dead right. But the problem is, I'm sitting in your goddamn theater. I don't need a commercial for something I'm already in. Oh. <laughs> no, let let the experience speak for itself. Yeah. Not telling me, hey, you know how awesome it is that you're in here? Do you know how lucky you are? Then it breaks into previews. Then it breaks into 3D previews. So it's like after you sit through all this shit, you're like, oh, finally it's going to start. Nope. Got some more for you. Our our 11 o'clock movie didn't start till 11.25, something like that. Uh, so I'm already annoyed because, I mean, I've seen Superman preview a bunch of times, and then they showed a new Star Trek one. Um, oh, that's one that I forgot. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I might have seen eight previews then. Well, I'm trying to remember them all. They showed Oblivion, the new t- another Tom Cruise one, which actually looks pretty interesting. Um, yeah, no, I like that the world was destroyed in eight in the eight previews. Uh, in three of them, uh, the world was uh, Earth was destroyed. <laughs> oh yeah, and then also, did you notice in your in your previews a lot of people jumping off of cliffs or out of things and and like zooming down, or like jumping out and down? That was always the shot. Like, uh, yeah, falling. 
Yeah, they did love a uh, uh, falling uh, theme. <laughs> it just me up. Oh, did did they show you the new Will Smith preview with him and his kid? Yep, that's another Earth is Destroyed movie. No, it's not. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, Jesus. So, the twist of that, just in case no one's seen, I think it's called, uh, is it New Earth or something Earth? Yeah. And Will Smith, dumb kid from the Karate Kid, crash land on Earth. And there's spaceships and tigers and stuff. And I can already tell that the whole crux of this is going to be that it's not Earth after an apocalypse or something. It's Earth before humanity. Oh. Previous. And especially in an M. Night Shyamalan movie, you know it's going to suck. So, Yeah, I, I, no, I did not uh, see his name attached to it. I, did I? I I thought it was didn't look good to start with, <clears throat> but being told that information is uh, not going to help my attitude. No, no, they purposely did not put his name on there because <laughs> he's got such a bad rep right now with his laughable efforts as of late. But I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, some dumbass cartoon called Epic, which is very ballsy to call your stuff. Because if it sucks, <laughs> whoops. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't get that one. I got the one, uh, the cavemen, uh, the grogs. The grogs? Yeah, it's like a Pixar one. It looks like they're, this caveman wants to stay in his cave all the time, but then he's forced to travel when, <clears throat> and I'm just assuming this, he's forced to travel with his family when uh, Pangea separates, so like when we were all a giant supercontinent, I don't know if that's what they're going to be implying, but that's what it kind of looked like. Yeah. So he has to start traveling like to all these kind of faraway lands after having, you know, just wanted to live in the cave his whole life. Okay. <clears throat> so no, we did not get that. So, um. I was just trying to think what what are the previews they show, but nothing really jumped out except for Star Trek and Superman. Um, uh, I'm trying to think because that was the other one. I'm trying. Okay, I don't really care. That's previews. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm glad you went along with this whole break because I'm wondering. I'm sure people are wondering what this has to do with the Hobbit. Well. This is kind of how The Hobbit starts. But that does put you in the frame of mind that, that you end up having to get through to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, and but it also – it's an exact example of how The Hobbit starts. Um, a whole bunch of shit at the beginning that didn't need to be there, that didn't matter. Um, I liked the um, – I knew that they were going to add some history stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> From, uh, well, A, since they broke it into three movies, uh, which, and again, I can, I guess I can get to that a little bit later, but, <clears throat> but I was kind of interested in that stuff because I've read all of his books and I'm rereading the Hobbit right now. I'm way past where the minute the movie finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm probably going to reread the uh, Silmarillion, his other book, which is the history book, which is even before uh, the Hobbit. Yeah. Now I've heard that they took that Peter Jackson made the decision that the the fill for filler, um, he's using like other books, the 
kind of create like a, a bigger tapestry for everything. So was the was some of that the historical part in the beginning from the one book you just mentioned? Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't mind the entire uh, context of like the dwarf battle and or the orcs and how the dragon came in. I didn't mind that at all. Right. It was fine. But showing you old Bilbo and then uh, bringing in what's his name? Frodo. Uh, yeah, Frodo. That entire part is unnecessary. Yeah. No, um, for those who for those who haven't seen it yet. Bilbo starts writing down his uh, diary or whatever, which is the same day as the beginning of Lord of the Rings because he's having his party and all that stuff. Yep, he's, so, ready, he's ready to leave for the Elvish land. And, but it's, it's an absolutely unnecessary 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, like, aside from the Dwarven history stuff, yeah, like, there was way too much of the Frodo stuff, Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I I, I did like the Dwarf history part of it. Yeah, that's fine. But, Uh, yeah, but that was more of a context, kind of like you said, it was more of a context server. You don't need to set up that, you know, Frodo was going out to meet, um, Gandalf, like they did in the first Lord of the Rings. It's just like, no, I don't care. You can save, and I don't know if it was 20 minutes, but you can at least save 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, but there was also, but that that leads into the entire part with Gandalf and Bilbo meeting, and then all of the dwarves showing up afterwards. Yeah. And then they went into that dumbass song. Yeah, there was a lot of dumbass songs in the book. And um, that was kind of fun. I was wondering how they were going to handle that. And, you know, and and the tone of the book is much lighter. And I think that there are a lot more jokes in this movie because and I I think Jackson kind of uh, honored the theme of it a little bit better or not better, but appropriately. I would say. Because, you know, the whole dish thing happens, like, because Bilbo's just frantic the whole time because his joint's getting wrecked. So, I mean, it was there. <laughs> so I'm not going to argue <laughs> with, with them doing that. But, see, I think for the people who haven't read it, it just comes off as, what is this garbage? And like, I don't I don't know. It, it's, I guess, the movie starts off super serious, though, with the whole dwarves, the dwarf, the, you know, the battle, and then the dragon coming and all that. It's very serious. And then you've got the same guys who are supposedly walking around without a home, all this, showing up and singing songs. And it's like, huh? It, it didn't – it was such a jarring effect that it was like, well, wait a minute. These guys are all jokes, right? I mean – Gotcha. That that's what it seemed like. There was no there was no like introduction that these guys are fun loving, and I I'm gonna continue to say these guys because I don't remember uh, besides Theron, is that how you say his Thorin. name? Thorin, yeah, Thorin Gandalf, who I routinely call Dumbledore for some reason, and Bilbo. I don't know a damn person's name in this movie. <laughs> and that's the part that I had a problem with. Because they ended up doing the whole thing with the guys continually coming in. But then, like, the last five guys 
just all got lumped together. And it's just like this, you know, it was kind of the perfect way to introduce them because like they just introduced like one at a time or pairs at a time. Because uh, the only other ones that were easy to remember that they highlighted a lot were Feely and Keeley, mm-hmm. which are the two uh, youngest of the dwarves, but I'm not sure how much they really mentioned that. And, oh, um, um, uh, it, I think it was, uh, hold on, Bombor is the fat one, I believe. But I think his brother is the old one with the gray beard, and I think that's by four. Holy shit. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing, is that all the names are family-related, and, you know, because there's an oin and a gloin, and I'm trying to think of uh, some of the other uh, names offhand, but I can't, to be honest with you. Yeah. So all the names are similar, and that really doesn't uh, help matters. It's it's hard to keep track of in the book, uh, more or less in the movie when they don't properly introduce them. Yeah, and to me, I mean, I it just didn't seem like any of the characters were net. I mean, not, not not that they weren't necessary, but if I can't remember their names, it's really hard to even care about them. And Moving forward in the movie, they go on this big adventure, you know. And of course, I was kind of happy he didn't waste time with Bilbo going, oh, I don't want to do this, and then waiting around, waiting around. It was, I don't want to do this. You know what? Yeah, I do. And then goes. I was like, all right, thank you. Don't don't insult us by dragging out a decision that you know is already made because that's the whole, that's the entire movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then that was kind of another funny thing is that did kind of happen pretty quickly in the book. Mm-hmm. So no reason to drag that shit out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, writing, it's just, wow. It's just stupid to drag that stuff out. You know what's going to happen, so there's no drama, you know? Right. Um, and, and, and that's that's a problematic of prequels, which that'll be towards the end. But once the adventure starts... I didn't, I, you know, the first fight scenes were okay, but I didn't, I had a problem with the voiceover work because they, Peter Jackson made the decision to go with CGI in this one instead of using people in uh, costumes. Because uh-huh. if you the original trilogy, there was CGI, sure. But there was a lot of, like, the orcs were people. They weren't CGI. Oh, right, yeah. They did a uh, lot of costumes for that first one. Yeah. And the CGI, and I've, I think we just talked about this regularly, but CGI to me is only good for backgrounds or, like, laser effects or effects. But when it comes to making people or, you know, monsters, whatever, it just looks stale. It doesn't look real. And it just takes you out of the scenes. Oh, I like the um, I like the mountain goblins. Which ones were the mountain goblins? Uh, when they uh got abducted, uh, it was the one that had the guy had the swinging neck fat. I hated that. Yeah, I. Yeah, that was something that he kind of had to at least make up a little bit. 
because they don't ever really uh, say how they uh, got out of that uh, <laughs> got out of that business. Oh, so that entire twenty minute like segment wasn't in a book or anything? No. Nah. All right. They ju- they're out because they're actually getting ready to move on. They're getting ready to move on without Bilbo. And um, what the hell? Oh, someone. One of them's keeping guard, and he still has the ring on. And he shows up in the middle of the camp, getting past the guard. So oh. they give the guard a hard time. Um, and then they realize that he is valuable, kind of like they did then uh, in the movie. So that right. that that part kind of stayed the same, but how he accomplished it was uh, a little bit different. Gotcha. No, I I think that that's one of the larger problems besides the pacing of the movie was the CGI. I mean, obviously, there's no such thing as an orc, so you can't, you know. But you can still dress the guys up as them again. Yeah, and they're, uh, and I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if he um, thought that maybe because of the 3D that, and because I've read this, is that too many people thought that they could like tell what was fake and what wasn't. And the, because uh, I mean, we haven't even gotten around to talking about the 48 frames per second. At all. Yeah, yeah which we can, which I mean, this may be a, a decent time to bring it up. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess I think it is, is because, and because there were times to me that you could really, really tell the difference. Yeah. And to me, because I, I read the same description on uh, Grantland was that you felt like you were on set at times. Yes. To me, that was cool. But to the the reviewer that I was reading on there, uh, not a fan of that. Yeah, no. I see. I I didn't mind it at all. I know a lot of people hated it and said it took you out of the movie. I I got used to it very quickly. Um, The the opening shot, I think it was wherever the dwarves were, um, it was like, you know, the market scene, or was it, or was it in the, uh, the Shire? It was one of the two, and there's, it was a, like a crowd shot of people, and I was like, wow, this does look pretty strange. And then that effect just kind of got lost on me, and you get used to it after a while. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind, it, but also, they were right, the 48 frames a second did take away the blur of 3D. And I never saw like lines going too dark or going too light as they panned around, which which is why they filmed, which is why it was filmed this way. Oh, okay. Yeah, because if you the uh, the main complaint with 3D has been with too many action shots that the 3D effects get blurred, and I noticed that in the Avengers actually. Okay. But but in watching watching this, no, it it didn't get blurred at all. It was it was very crisp, very quick, and everything was fine. So that's right. But I can see people's complaint because a lot of people said uh, it was compared compared to like watching something on video. 
And I was like, well, you know, that that is a fair comparison, but once your eyes get trained to it, eh, it, you don't really see it anymore. Yeah, no, I I I I didn't think any different of it. Uh, really, like visually, I was like, I, I mean, it was really cool, like I said, but um, yeah, it it didn't take me long to get used to. Mm-hmm. It didn't, yeah, it didn't really bother me at all. No. And, and uh, you know, me, I, if that's the way it was intended to be viewed, then that's the way I want to watch it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I still I, think that, um, to me, too, like 3D wise, I don't think anyone has uh, beaten James Cameron yet in uh, Avatar. No. Because, um, I, I mean, I like Jackson's directing, but, like, there were too many, there were a lot of scenes where I didn't feel like I could be in there. Like the most mundane, mundane scenes in Avatar, I felt like I could have walked through the room. Yeah. Like, I, cause the one that I uh, have been using as an example, when they were just like in their control room, looking out on the planet when they first arrived, you feel like you could have just walked through there and played with the computers. Like it was crazy. And yeah. to me, there wasn't that much uh, depth uh in this well yeah going to your avatar the one that did it for me was after the tree goes down oh yeah the there's the the embers and smoke and ash and all that falling all over yeah the depth you got off of that was just an amazing thing to see i I think i even said wow like out loud (laughs) because it was incredible and yeah but you're right i know i've been kind of negative with this movie so far but it is a beautiful movie. I mean, there are sweeping shots that really give it an epic feel. I mean, there's there's a lot of helicopter shots. Um, and some of the CGI, going back to what I was saying, the backgrounds, like when they're being chased by, I guess they were goblins. I thought they were orcs, but... Well, they being... were being chased by... Inside the mountain, it was the goblins. The ones okay. chasing them with the wolves... Those, yeah, those are orcs. were orcs. The goblins. I'm gonna. There's a complaint inside of a compliment. It was way too long. But then, when, I mean, they're going up and down all over the place, and that camera is zooming in and out of things, down, up. I mean, you're just watching. And I heard people were getting motion sickness off this, so I warned my mom because she gets motion sickness. And she she said she was fine, but I can definitely see why people would. That camera was flying all over the place. The angles he was choosing, the depth of everything, it was really beautiful to watch. Right. <laughs> I but I but I guess when you do that, I mean, to not soften my stance on the runtime, but when you've got that picturesque of scenes, it's got to be hard to cut stuff out. <laughs> it's like look yeah he, Are you kidding he he certainly uh he does not like i couldn't believe when i watched the first three movies uh uncut like there was the time and i'm just like okay there's the break in dvds that's fine i need a break <laughs> like when you go four hours uncut Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh my lord, yes, they're just like if he ever went to anything like that, I'd be like, no, you really need to have an intermission here. Yeah. No, I was uh, 
Yeah, I just got on Blu-ray the uh, extended versions, like the five discs of each one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I have. Okay. I, I They were on sale on Amazon, so I was like, sweet. But, uh... <laughs> well... So since I brought up those, um, and we we mentioned the characters of Theron and you know the other two, and, yeah, and then then Gollum, whatever, and then Gollum shows up later. Um, uh-huh. I, I never felt at any time attached to him, even uh, the, even the most potentially dangerous moments. And part of the problem is it's a prequel, so you know nothing happens to Gandalf. You know nothing happens to Bilbo. Uh, Gollum is going to be Gollum's still around. So there's like, so the only sort of danger falls on the thirteen. And I never at all felt like anything was going to happen to those guys. I never. I mean, they threw the trolls at them. Um, which was another head scratcher. They were thrown to the goblins, the rocks, mm-hmm. uh, the orcs at the end. I'm trying to think what are, what are the dangers. Oh, the orcs were chasing them in the field. Yep. But to me, not 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 one second did I think anything was going to happen to these guys. And for if you're listening to this show. And you get mad because we say something that happened and you haven't seen the movie. That's your goddamn fault, just to make sure. And we will probably put that in the write-up just just since we didn't announce it right at the beginning of the show. (laughs) Why would you listen to something if you haven't seen, you know? Anyways, um, the only time there was an inclination that something bad could happen, and I knew nothing bad was going to, which is why, because of the pattern that was initiated in this, was when the... uh, Young dude and one of the old, the fat guy, I think, were hanging off the tree oh, at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're done for. I'm like, all right, well, maybe they're finally going to kill somebody. But I had no attachments. I was like, well, you know, there goes that guy. <laughs> I guess it's going to be a somber ending. And then, and then, of course, the fucking giant eagle shows up and saves them. And I'm like, of course. Yeah. Now, they... That whole scene was a little uh, wacky because in the book, the goblins, there are no orcs in the book, at least up to the point that I've read, which is probably past the second movie at this juncture. All right. Um, That is all made up. The wolf part happened, but the goblins chased them out of the cave which makes sense uh yeah and then that the eagles did end up saving them but they had mentioned earlier which they didn't set up at all oh well they set it up by having gandalf talk to the uh butterfly yeah but in the book the uh the birds are just out um they're either looking for food or just patrolling the valley since they live there and they happen to uh they happen to see the ruckus they they see all the flames that are coming up so they take a closer look and that's when gandalf uh, talks them into uh giving them a ride hey they better explain that 
Because that was infuriating at the end. Because I was already at my wit's end by the time yeah. this movie was done. Yeah. That it, because it was another save at the last second thing, which, which t- took away from any sort of drama. Like with, with the trolls, you know none of them are going to die. So it's like, all right, Gandalf's going to come back and save him. Blah! Breaks the rock, dries him up, done. Okay? Why did you wait all this time to show up? You're a wizard for Christ's sake. Just show up, do your little flash of light thing, everyone goes free, you don't even have to kill the troll. Well, and that's the funny thing, is that they did a somewhat decent job of trying to fill you in on what he was doing uh, when he wasn't there. Which was all the stuff, because uh, they previewed the Lord of the Rings within the movie. Yeah. And that stuff did not exist in the book. Like the, the meeting with uh, Galadriel, uh, Elrond, Saruman, and Gandalf, nothing. Uh, nothing hinted at that. Um, so like that was a big scene that just was completely unnecessary in my opinion. Yeah. I thought too. Yeah. And it just extended the whole proceedings an unnecessary amount. Cause there was that, um, and like the other things that kind of, they were trying to give it context for Lord of the Rings, which is the other thing that they seem to be doing because, um, I believe that R- Radagast did run into um, Gandalf at some point, but I'm pretty sure that's from Lord of the Rings, not from The Hobbit or the, the Silmarillion. Now, is Radagast the brown wizard dude? Yeah, is the brown wizard dude that was talking to the animals. That you didn't need this movie at all? No, not did not need to be in there. Uh, like... It was like he was just so obsessed with doing a three-hour movie. Like, he threw this stuff in there. Like like I said, it's kind of cool that they kind of put that context in there, but it wasn't necessary, and they could have cut out, like, a half hour and been, like, two hours, 20 minutes, and it would have been an awesome movie, and you still, I think, could have stretched it out into three. But they would have been... It would have been so much better of a theater release to be like two hours, twenty minutes, or something like that. Yeah, but see, I don't, I don't even mind a long movie, but it's it was the whole. Uh, I can't remember what the term is. Is it a MacGuffin? Yeah, MacGuffin. To where like Gandalf saves them, and then they get in trouble, and then this happens. Like then someone comes in at the last minute. You know, you come up with something to save them. Yeah. Kind of, you know, and it got repetitive and. At the end, it was just like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, almost like, all of those up, situations I, happened in the book. So, you know, I was fine with it. Like, it it really is. It's like, it's a parade of trouble, 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 trouble. And it doesn't get any better, uh, <laughs> really, in the book. Like, they just, uh, they literally go from problem to problem to problem uh, throughout the book. Hmm. So yeah, like their their troubles are are not ended uh, by by any means. Well, no, I don't think they would. They should be. I mean, they introduced the necromancer, a dragon, you know, <laughs> the, the white orc or whatever, still out there. Uh, oh. And 
and that's fine. The white orc thing was stupid. Well, and but that was another one where it wasn't in the book. It added time to the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I'm the same way. Like I, well, I I didn't mind sitting through the length of the movie uh, as much as you did, but like I said, I feel like it would have been a way better movie if they would have taken him out. Like it's just like yeah. it, it wasn't in the book, it wasn't necessary. You know, so, all right. I, it, so I, I was just confused. Die? How did that dwarf king die then? If the white orc wasn't in the movie. It wasn't in the book. Um, he beheaded him. So, oh, I... well, he's not in the Hobbit. He might have been in the book. He might have beheaded him. Okay. Um, but uh, and I and I think he actually did. Okay. All right, and, and, and that's fine then. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was still just in a to uh to the proceedings yeah and and the fact that he's like you know he died of his injuries and they all look at him i was like then tell him he's alive i I don't i guess i don't have i don't like that sort of thing where like they'll look at it's like oh he thinks he died of his injuries like oh my god really (laughs) it's obviously still going to be alive you know and i i just that was one of the cgi problems I, I couldn't get into the guy because, well, I know he's not real, you know? <laughs> Make an effort. Come up with something, like some, like, I think, no, Rick Baker, I think, died. Or was it Sam Winston? One of the two died, who were great creature guys. You know, get there, get whoever's alive, get their ass out on this. Come up with something awesome. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, who was going to direct these, he doesn't use CGI very often. He it's always makeup and in uh costumes. And that's what that's what they really should have done. But I, I know I know it's a dead horse on this, but it just it would have been an, more effective for some sort of reality. And like, I know you can't do giant dogs running around and all that, but <laughs> you know, orcs, goblins, all that stuff. Um and I know I know I mentioned the trolls and the goblins, um uh, why did they speak English when the orcs the orc didn't? The the as, as fake as the white orc looked, at least he spoke and sounded like he should. Where the trolls were Scottish, and then the goblin guy just didn't sound appropriate at all. It was it was very jarring and it just really took you out of the scene. Yeah, the trolls seem to be Scottish in the book. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. And and yeah, because they were doing all that dumb shit about the cooking and whatnot. Like that was that was all in there. Oh my god! Was. <laughs> Like I you know, said, it was supposed to be a lighter-toned book as, as an no. overall whole. Um, so, yeah, all this stuff's supposed to be funny. Was it? But was it for, supposed to be for children? Because Lord of the Rings does not play like a children's book at all. Yeah, no, it was supposed to be for children. He actually said, and they kind of previewed it via spiders, because the uh-huh. spiders 
uh, yeah, spoiler alert, real spoiler yeah. alert, like second movie spoiler alert. There are spiders that end up capturing them. Yeah, I, I actually remember something like that. And then uh, Bilbo has to save them all, right? Uh, right. Sword and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, but yeah. What I mean, they have to do with the price of tea in China. You know, I don't know. Uh oh. Oh crap! <laughs> no, I had a point. Um, but I don't remember what the fuck it was. I don't know what context we were talking in. Son of yeah. a bitch. Oh god damn it! All right then. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, it was about the context of the children's book and the oh, voice. Oh, that... uh, yeah. So, I mean, oh, he put the spiders in. That's what it was. He put the spiders in to the book because his one kid uh, was basically an arachnophobe. Oh, okay. I don't know why you'd bother. Uh, so yeah, that, that's why he ended up putting those in there. So yeah, it, like he kind of intended his kids to uh, enjoy it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, may, I, I guess maybe it would have been better knowing this going in because the Scottish trolls, like, okay, and they're talking about cooking. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell? I, I expect them to sound like monsters. I mean, if something looks like that, it should sound the way it looks. You know, it, it, it'd be like, I don't know, like Darth Vader coming out with with a Donald Duck voice. It would be fucking stupid. It, it, or it sound like Mickey Mouse. You know, like the James Earl Jones, the heavy breathing and the echo, it fit the character. Oh, right. Did you hit mute? No. No, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it, but it didn't. It didn't fit anybody. The Goblin King, especially, and the whole like giant jowls or whatever the hell that would be, his chin. Yeah. Um, I, I knew it was a PG thirteen movie, but I just wanted someone to cut it off. The whole <laughs> time. It was so distracting. Um. Yeah, but, that was certainly some uh, artistic license on that one. But, but the. Uh, the goblins, the goblin scene, was really the tipping point for me with the danger, because they just survived for. And this scene really came out of the blue when they leave Gandalf behind. Because why would you listen to Gandalf? He's only saved you and you know got you where you're supposed to go. Um, they're on the rocks. All of a sudden, the rocks turn into mo- to giants. Yeah, storm giants. Yeah, just out of the blue. Yep. And it's all these rocks are falling on you. You're crashing into each other, and not one scratch on anybody. Yeah, they uh, go through an incredible amount of uh, of ordeals and survive without a scratch. And that I mean, but it's like if if they can, if they survive that, so why why should I believe? I mean, because because it's rock creatures, man. They're mountains, whatever. There's no soft spots. There's no. There shouldn't be any real hiding spots. 
So when they crash together, like, oh, they're all gone, they're all gone. He's like, no, they're not. Like, yeah. yeah, they're right there. They're fine. You know. And then they go inside. They get captured. Bilbo falls. Who knows how far? Crashing down the whole way. <laughs> like, ah, well, that was pretty rough. Uh, just gonna hide out here for a second. Yeah, he uh, he he actually just gets. Uh, he's on one of the dwarves' uh, backs actually in the book and he uh is just left behind mm. so yeah there's no uh deadly fall there to uh yeah and but it's like that happens and then uh, all the dwarves and that they fall they, they go through all these goblins and then they fall a giant length after, after surviving the rock and I'm like if someone doesn't get bumped off here sooner or later I don't care because I know nothing bad is ever going to happen. And if they would have shown, like, you know, not that they had to be scared, but if they would have shown, like, some effects of these crashes and these chases, kind of like when we talk about wrestling. Oh, yeah. Effects to the moves. I mean, they fall all that length, and like, well, that could have been worse. And then, boom, something else falls on them. Yeah, the only uh, injury that they sold... Uh, would have been uh, Thorin getting his ass handed to him by the uh, Orc King. Yeah, well, and the, uh, is that a hedgehog that almost died? Oh, yeah. Now, that I was like, holy shit, are they going to let this poor thing suffer much longer? <laughs> it brings him back to life. I was like, that's kind of cheating, but okay. But that that was a problem, and it, it was kind of like the Indiana Jones uh, in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And if you're going to pick out one thing in that, just, I know. But <laughs> nothing, you never at any point thought Indiana Jones was in danger. Like, they, they go over the waterfall, and that, that giant waterfall. And you're like, okay, they'll just wash up at the bottom. And yeah, there they go, wash up at the bottom. <laughs> and that's just what it seemed like this whole time. It was just one one waterfall to fall over again. And it, to pick yourself up and get going again, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it certainly has. I, I can see where you get that vibe. Yeah, and, and, and not that I want, I'm not asking, because I, I, to be honest, I, the way this movie ended, and outside of all my complaining, I do, I do want to see the other ones now, because I want to see how they pull this off, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm definitely going to go to them. Like, I wasn't so disappointed that, um, and like I said, like it, it, the stuff that they added helped in, in a broader sense, but it really, for like a single movie sense, really kind of helped kill the kill uh, kill its appeal. Uh, I to me, this one kind of falls into a Matrix. Uh, was it Revolution? Was the second one? Oh yeah, loaded. Um. looking it up. I always get them confused because I never bought the third one because um, <laughs> the fucking sucked. Um, well, the second one really wasn't very good either. No, but the second one was incomplete without the third. That was the whole thing, you know? And, you know, when uh, come on, Wikipedia, you let me down. Just give me the goddamn titles. I don't care about this. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Re- no, Reloaded was the second one. Excuse me. Revolutions was the third one. Um, yeah. It, it, this It's hard to say this is a standalone when nothing really gets resolved. They're supposed to be walking to the mountain. And one thing I did clearly think about was Clerks 2. Where Dante, was it, no, Randall, is just destroying Lord of the Rings <laughs> in the most accurate sense possible. He's like, you know, Star Wars does all this. Lord of the Rings, they just walk, and then they walk some more, and then we're walking. So every time they did those sweeping shots of them walking around the mountain, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yep, there is certainly a lot of walking. Like to me, it conveys kind of a sense of uh, how long it's taking. But uh, yep, exactly. you know, unfortunately, that tends to turn people off. <laughs> See what it was doing, especially when it comes to the end, where you mentioned with the eagles. Because my thinking was, okay, if he can talk to a butterfly, and eagles magically appear. <laughs> Um, why the fuck didn't you do that in the first place? Hey, we need a lift. Come over to the Shire and fly us to the mountain. Thanks. And then the assholes drop them off how many miles away from the mountain again? Holy shit, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, they had some other mission that they needed to get to, so they dropped them off. I, I it could, and again, that's another part that they didn't, that they almost could have explained if they would have cut other stuff out that wasn't in the book. <laughs> yeah, where's practicality, the practical dwarf, going? Hey, shithead, fly us two more miles, please. Don't yeah, worry. Chris. Like I said, they they had to drop them off for one reason or another, and they did not uh, explain that at all in the movie. No. They drop them and no, and like practicality doesn't go. Where the what the fuck, man? Why did you drop us all the way up here we, when we have to climb down now and then climb through the fucking forest? And we already know trees come alive and wherever we're at, so you know it would been much safer for us. Not that we're not you know thankful for saving us from the orcs or whatever. I don't know. I, I just leaned over and I was like, why the fuck didn't they just drop him off closer? <laughs> yeah, no, you could uh, certainly say that about both of them. Yeah. Or all of the, the movies. It, it's certainly the journeys could have been shorter uh, all around. Especially with a wizard. Can't he just like... No, they they never set the stage for that at all. Like, it's not like the typical kind of a Merlin type of a, a wizard. He only has, like, a couple of tricks, and they're more that they're they're an immortal-type being that's uh, been sent over from heaven, basically. So they don't have, like, Harry Potter skills or anything like that. None of them do. Um, so, yeah, they just kind of are extra smart, extra long living, and uh, maybe have a couple of tricks up their sleeve. Yeah, and and really, they've got, for, not foresight, but they're very cunning and 
their strategy too. Yeah, uh, right. Dickheads get themselves in trouble, and then I'll come bail them out at the last second. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, because most of those times when he's gone, he's supposed to be doing other stuff to help be setting up Lord of the Rings, and that's why he's not always there. No. <clears throat> but, you know, they don't really explain that in the book, although they certainly imply it later down the line. Oh, all right. Well, I guess the one thing we we haven't touched upon at all, and to me this was the best part of the movie, even if it was a tad long, which is a recurring theme, of course. <laughs> Tell you part was Schmeagle and Gollum. And Gollum's a piece of shit, but it was a welcome sight. You know, it was like, oh, wow, it's kind of like an old friend sort of thing, but not in one of those ways where it was, hey, all right, well, here's Frodo and old Bilbo. You know, remember the guys you liked in the first one? Well, they're not in this one at all, so here here they are. And then, hey, you remember Kate Blanchett and Hugo Weaving? Well, there you go. They're not going to be in the rest of this either. So it's just one of those things, you know. It He was the one that showed up because he had to. And it really didn't disappoint. I mean, for CGI characters, Gollum's perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, there were a couple of uh, moments there. There was that in the uh, just the previously mentioned birds. Um, I thought that it was almost retarded how well they ha- had. Uh, you could see like just grains of the feather. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my lord, because there were a couple of things. And then, yeah, Gollum was the other one <laughs> that um, I was. He just looked so creepy. Like they kind of turned up the creep factor a little bit uh, on him from the first set of movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, for sure. And but he wasn't supposed to be quite as manic yet. I then I thought it was like not until later after he lost the ring that he got really bad. Yeah, well, I mean, it all it had kind of started to affect him just because he had had the ring for so long. But then, yeah, he really does kind of freak out after he loses the ring. Yeah, it, here's that was one thing though. Um, if it's his precious and it means so much to him, wouldn't he keep a little closer guard on it? I mean, and, I know they probably don't have Velcro or you know zippers back in not back in those times, but in this world. But uh, wouldn't it have been kind of smart to have a zipper or put in a pouch or instead of just in your pocket, where it can easily fall out, and then get all pissed off when someone picks it up and tries to return it to you? Well, no, he doesn't try to return it, but yeah, no, he never does that. <laughs> no. But no, yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, pretty much everything about the Gollum stuff. It, it, like I said, it could have been a little bit shorter, but that was okay. Um, I didn't mind the game of riddles; that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, another uh, you know taken right out of the book type of a scene there. Well, I thought it showed that uh, Bilbo was pretty smart, uh, that he was clever. You know, he's he spent most of the time being so uh, passive or whatever. Oh yeah. To use his brain was much better, because um, then they, you know, he's gonna, he's keeps looking like he's gonna kill Gollum, you know, later where it's like, all right, he's gonna come around to that, but then he backs off, he chickens out, and then he he kills one of the orcs. 
So the Bilbo character was kind of a weird study in that. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, he he's he's pretty present, and he does change a bit. <laughs> oh, and I didn't even think about that. Because they kind of talked about it, like his two sides of his family. And uh, I guess they could have played that up more, but they kind of kept on playing that up. His building of confidence kind of happened because of the one side of his family. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, that would make sense. I think they mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, because the, the Took side of the family, uh, his uh, mother's side of the family, tended to be adventurers, and they were looked down upon for being adventurers. So yeah, well, that, that was one of the other reasons why he ended up joining them. Oh, all right. Yeah, but no, I, I said I, I thought, you know, because we're almost at an hour on this, so you know, yeah, probably a, the time start wrapping up. But I thought I, it was a beautiful movie. I mean, the forty-eight frames a second I got used to, and I thought it was really, really cool. The three D they didn't do any of that bullshit where a sword comes out and swings in your face or something. Um, if stuff exploded, things would float in front of you, you know, kind of how it should be used. And I, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it because I don't really watch 3d movies much anymore. Um, I think the Avengers was the last one I saw. Yeah. You've really got to make it uh, worth my while. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, yes, it was great. I mean, I just the runtime, and I thought it was just so much that was unnecessary in the in the movie. Yeah, that really could have been cut down to almost two hours or less without sacrificing anything. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I thought it was at least half an hour that they could have cut out and made that movie really tight, but um, <sighs> he decided not to do that. Well, it was funny. Who who played Bilbo? Martin uh, Freeman. Yeah. When uh did you hear him on O and A when they were talking about it? Uh I don't know if I did or not. Well he was talking about it and Jim Norton said, Yeah, you know, when you ended the movie it was like fuck, can't believe you ended it. And then Martin Freeman goes, Yeah, I thought there was at least another hour left. <laughs> the movie was over. I was like, he was really selling this movie. So I, I am looking forward to the next one because I want to see the dragon pop up if it does come come to life in this. Um, so I guess the dragon's been sleeping under gold the entire time? Um, no, he hasn't really been sleeping under gold the whole time, but they are certainly implying... Like, he is really just... Uh, he was uh, just kind of playing with making sure you didn't ever see the dragon full on. Oh, all right. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, it just gave the impression it was like hibernating or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little more than two-thirds of the way through the book. I only read a little bit at night. Okay. Well, I'm I'm currently reading Cheat, A guide's men, a Men's Guide to Infidelity. <laughs> nice. Pretty damn funny stuff in there. Um, I guess cheap plug, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm giving it a C. Uh, I can't go any higher. It's than that, or three Kevs, as we like to rate things on here. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I got to bump it up a little bit more uh, and just do three and a half Kevs. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
All right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed a little movie discussion or dissection. Uh, if you're looking for wrestling, well, we didn't say we were going to talk about wrestling, did we? So, tough shit. Um, if you like it, want to hear more of it, let us know. Uh, you can post on the Stunt Granny Facebook page, uh, Stunt Granny at Gmail, uh, Stunt Granny on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Granny Maze. Kevin's at Frango 11 um, and at Stunt Granny if you want. You can download this on iTunes. Oh, but- yeah, because I completely forgot to finish my tweeting about Jeff Hardy's tattoo on Ink Master. Oh, I, I, I didn't see it. Well, I, I started watching that when uh, I'm at the gym doing cardio. No. It's, it, there's like a, a marathon on every Tuesday, so I just tune into like the – it's a different hour every week. Like it's a new hour to me every week. Oh, yeah, yeah, All right. So it uh, works out pretty well. Yeah. So, well, you can you can now go to Kevin's Twitter and see what he's going to say. So – Oh, um, no, 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 I had that on the Stunt Granny Twitter. Oh, well, there you go. So you can go to Stunt Granny then. So uh, I'll check out. We'll probably be back. I'm thinking we might want to do one of these for Django Unchained. Are you, you're going to see that, right? Uh, I'm not quite sure when. Okay. Just because I'll be in Altoona and things are going to be you know, a little wild. Yeah. So well, uh, I, I, I would love to uh, do one about that, though. I'm definitely going to see it uh, as soon as uh, humanly possible. Cool. So we'll be back with some more movie talk regardless, uh, since Kevin actually goes to more movies now. Than <laughs> TV has. So uh, I'm going to check out. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll get it to you later. Okay, do grandkids. Time to uh, maybe go. Oh, yeah, I don't have any. The Sippy Time beer that I mentioned uh, in the uh, uh, on the site today, uh, the Southern Tier, is uh, what I'm going to go have here in just a little bit. So uh, enjoy some uh, fine beverages that I review. Out.